Fruit Reflections, Deepening a Christian Spirituality for Today. On Easter Sunday, on Sunday the 8th of April 2012, Vanessa Elston explores a reflection on the resurrection of Christ. When we come to the dawn of the first day in John's Gospel, we approach the tomb with Mary. In the other Gospels, she's accompanied by other women, but John just puts his lens on her. And she's come looking for a body. She's in shock. She's numb with grief, bewildered, frightened. The unthinkable has happened. The expected, longed for, anointed one, the one who touched so many lives, the one who brought faith and hope so strong you could touch it and feel it, the one they'd come to believe in, the one that had come from God to save and liberate, to usher in God's reign on earth, he has, he is, no more. He suffered a terrible, humiliating, agonizing, degrading death. Under the mind-numbing shock, the questions are forcing their way to the surface. Why? How? Where was God? How could he have let Jesus succumb to the jealousy of the religious leaders and the cruel domination of the Romans? Why had Jesus let himself be taken? Why had he walked into this? Why had he not resisted? It's too much to take in, too sudden, too awful. Life itself has stopped. It's hard to breathe. With his death, the world has come crashing down. The light has been extinguished. There is an unbearable darkness. She's lost again, stumbling through a terrible vacuum of meaning. All hope and expectations for a new day incomprehensibly crushed. The future has been crucified with him. There's nothing ahead, only darkness. Soul crushing, too much to take in, too much. Just do this one thing, just focus on this, his body, the one last act of care, to complete the anointing for burial. She was not able to do this when they took his body down from the cross. Now this is the last thing left to do, the last thing left to hold on to. Mary comes looking for a dead body, a corpse, beginning to decompose in the grave, already one day buried. It's all she has left. Don't take this away. Don't deprive me of this one part of him. At the heart of the Christian faith, at the heart of our gospel story, the gospel on which St. Paul tells the Corinthians they have taken their stand, this gospel is the defining narrative of our lives. It is the gospel by which we are saved, healed, restored and reconciled. It is this to which we must cling firmly and not let go. At the heart of this is this three-day drama. Day one and two are the story of injustice and suffering. And we know this story because it's all around us. But this drama has another dimension. That which makes it incomprehensible, scandalous. The outrage of suffering, death and burial is not just a man, but it's God. God, not man on his own, 
in desperation, anger and frustration, shaking his fist at an uncaring universe. But now God, as well as man, has suffered injustice and died. As St. Paul says, absolute foolishness to the Greeks and a stumbling block completely offensive to the Jews. How could Yahweh, the holy, all-powerful, transcendent one, be anything to do with a mangled body nailed to a tree? Impossible, inconceivable. How could God ever be part of such a degrading, humiliating defeat? Impossible to conceive of such a weakness in God. For every human being, the moment of death is a moment of complete vulnerability and weakness. It's something we cannot avoid, but for God it's not inevitable. Why go to the lowest, weakest, most agonizing place, where you're naked and vulnerable and powerless, where you're mocked, spat on, degraded, beaten, numbered with losers, marginalized, the criminal, tortured, hung from the cross. For a death of gradual, agonizing suffocation, you die this slow death, you thirst, grasp, cry out, breathe your last, give up life, give up your spirit, total surrender. And on Easter Sunday, we enter with Mary into the third day, as she approaches the tomb. There is still more incomprehension. Still more events are unfolding. The stone has been rolled away from the entrance. Why? Who? Where have they taken him? She can't make sense of it. She needs others, so she goes to get Peter and the other disciple close to Peter. She's panicking, her heart beating uncontrollably. They've taken him, and we don't know where they've put him. Even this one last thing has been taken away. So Peter and the other beloved disciple enter the scene. They're looking for Jesus, but he's dead. They're trying to make sense of what Mary is saying. The only place they have to look is the burial chamber, the place of death, the end of life more unexpected events and signs they do not comprehend. What's happened? The linen strips are lying on this cold stone floor, but no body. The pieces that wrapped his head and those for his body. What's happened? Where is he? What sense can we make of this? Who would unwrap the body? Surely if they wanted to steal it, they wouldn't have taken the wraps away. What's going on? This is taking us outside of every normal boundary of comprehension. We can't make sense of this data. Can't process this. We're still flailing around in the dark, trying to put the pieces together. But the other disciple, the one close to Jesus, he sees the grave clothes lying abandoned and believes. Something connects. A shot runs through his body like electricity. A light shines in the darkness. He begins to grasp a hope bigger than the one before. Hope beyond hope, impossible hope. A hope he does not begin to understand, but begins to warm his heart but they can still no, make, make no sense of this with their minds. They return to where they were staying. But Mary is left in her inconsolable grief. The body she needs to care for is gone. She's nothing left, she's falling apart. She doesn't even begin to register the angels. She doesn't care if they're human or angel. She just wants to know where they've put him. She wants the little that remains, the little she's got left to cling to. And then Jesus is standing there right next to her, but she can't recognize him. She's still fixated on a dead body, on a dead faith, a dead hope. She can't let go of death. She can't let go of her need to tend to a dead body, to the death of her faith, hope, and love. So she asks Jesus where he's put his dead body, probably one of the strangest moments in the whole of this strange story. She can't recognize who is standing with her in her grief and distress, that he's right next to her. 
until he says her name, until he speaks right to who she is, and then she turns towards him and recognizes him, her teacher, but now also her risen Lord, no longer dead, but alive. And she must no longer hold on to his body. She must let go. She must let Jesus return to the Father. She must let him take a position that's far greater than any she ever conceived of before. She must let Jesus become who he really is. On Easter morning, the risen Christ comes and stands by each one of us. He's calling each one of us by our name. Ian, Sim, Fiona, Howie, Stan, Mike, Carey, Ivy, Ronnie, Jocelyn, Lindsay, Regina, Jen, Jamie, Martin, Alec, Tim, John, Aaron, Nick, Lucy, Lucy's friend, Peter, Martin, <laughs> Trina, Aaron, Tim, Kira, Vanessa. I'm with you. I'm right next to you. You haven't recognized me. You were looking for a dead body. You were staring at a cold, empty tomb. You're fixated on losing the little you think you have left. But I've risen. I'm no longer dead. I'm fully alive. Fully, physically, and spiritually alive. My heart beats, life pulsing through me. Yes, we've had to go through death and grief, loss and pain. Yes, I've been there with you. Now you're no longer alone in it. I'm there with you, even in death. You still don't understand it. But now, this Easter morning, I'm here. I'm risen. And I'm ascending to the Father. The vision and hope are far greater than you imagined. And I want you to be part of my resurrection life. I want to take you with me into the heavenly dimensions to give you every blessing, your complete inheritance. I want you to know the life that comes after death, true life, a life that never ends. I want you to be part of my resurrection life now. I want you to know it pulsing through your veins. Faith, hope and love now. Faith, hope and love that can never be destroyed. Will you turn to me? Will you let go of death? Let go of fixating on the little you think you have left. Will you recognize me, the risen one and ascending one? Thank you for listening to this Moot Reflection. For more information on our events, resources and community, please go to www.moot.uk.net.